Vermont Viewpoint is a public affairs program produced and funded by WDEV and the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to vtviewpoint at radiovermont.com. From WDEV, welcome to Vermont Viewpoint. I'm Kevin Ellis. Thanks for joining us. It's Friday, September 22nd, and today is a wide variety of very diverse guests for you. So whether you're in the kitchen, the shop, the car, wherever, we have a lot of good stuff for you today. In fact, we're setting a record for Vermont Viewpoint on my watch. Five guests all live uh, in one show, not all together, just one after another. So we're going to knock them down like bowling pins and give you a lot of fun information. We will start with books. We'll check out Washington, D.C., we're going to talk about uh, to the head of the Vermont Women's Fund about their uh, fundraiser tonight featuring the MSNBC newscaster Mika Brzezinski. There's still tickets available. We're going to talk to Seven Days reporter Marianne Lichtig, always a highlight for me, about the complex figure Alexander Twilight, whose grace is the cover of Seven Days today. And we're going to end with hand tools. Yeah, hand tools. Turns out my friend, uh, Will Adams, after a long career in do, in teaching and other pursuits, has now become one of the best hand tool makers in all of the world. He's on the front page of magazines. So he's going to be live in studio at 1030. So if you're uh, a carpenter, fine woodworker, or any, interested in anything of that sort, join us at 1030 uh, when Will Adams join us. We'll, we'll, joins us. We'll take your calls along the way. The number to call is 244-1777. The email is vtviewpoint at radiovermont.com. But first, a little bit of a Friday essay from the Montpelier Bridge. If you haven't heard, work has started... Montpelier is getting 36 Federal Emergency Management Agency trailers and the needed infrastructure on the city-owned Country Club Road property. Now, those, those us Montpelier types call that the Elks Club, uh, has a nine-hole golf course, etc. And there have been competing uh, proposals for how to use that land since the state, uh, since the city a year ago or so uh, purchased the property. Um, well. Plans are now taking shape. There will be FEMA trailers for those who lost their homes in the flood. And the Elks Club building will be used by the Good Samaritan Haven as a night winter shelter for people who are homeless for non-flood related reasons. And while those projects were met with apparent unanimous support at the city council, questions were raised about infrastructure permitting security, and parking, among other matters, at the last city council meeting. But still, the city council voted unanimously approved to approve authorizing city manager Bill Fraser to ex- expedite FEMA's immediate efforts to install the necessary roads, water, sewer, and electricity to support 36 trailers for 18 to 24 months. Those temporary structures are earmarked for displaced Vermonters who lost their homes to the flood, on July 10 and 11th. So the the here's the fine print there. And now I'm, you're going to hear me ruffle uh, pages here because I'm going to the jump. Those of us former journalists call it the jump page. Uh, the, this, the secret sauce here is that the cost of running water and sewer 
out to the Elks Club property, which most of you know where it is. It's near the what I call the John Deere tractor facility. It's across the street from the Agway. And, of course, everyone's uh, some people's favorite uh, takeout pizza place, the Ramuntos joint there at the gas station. Yeah, you drive up the road across the street there, across from Agway, and that's the Elks Club. So the question for the city was, how do you get water and sewer out there if you're going to put housing out there? Well, uh, FEMA is stepping in and saying, we're going to pay uh, to pu- extend that water and sewer line uh, from Montpelier. Uh, so the folks will be who will be living in the trailers that will then go on that site uh, will come from a mobile home park in Berlin because the existing homes there were condemned due to water damage. Uh, Vermont's chief recovery officer, Doug Farnham, said over 200 people statewide had significant enough damage where they cannot occupy homes. Over half of those are in Washington County. And of that group, at least 50 have signed up for the direct housing program, which means they cannot find any other place to live in Vermont because of the overall housing shortage. So we're going to have 36 units of temporary housing at the Elks Club property. Fraser, the city manager, noted uh, there's an issue about how big the water sewer pipe needs to be to extend out there. Fraser said, with FEMA doing the infrastructure work, it will save Montpelier the future expense when the city begins implementing housing development on the property. The water line from U.S. Route 2 would have to be upsized to a 12-inch pipe to accommodate future housing plans. But FEMA only needs an 8-inch pipe for the trailers. Fraser, Fraser is negotiating to have them install the 12-inch pipe, which would cost the city an extra $50,000. Not sure why the federal government just can't write that $50,000 check, but that's a issue for another day. Otherwise, the city would have to install larger pipes at a cost between $500,000 and $550,000. The money for the water pipe would come from the water fund, Fraser said, adding that the water fund has not been hit as hard as the general fund, and even in hard times, you have to, quote, make good decisions looking forward. So with regard to permitting, Councillor Tim Heaney raised a concern about the project getting snagged by a permitting process, asking, any, is there any dispensation to allow this to happen quickly so they don't have to go through this permit gauntlet? Fraser said, because Vermont is still in a state of emergency, the government can waive permit requirements, especially since the project is directly related to providing safety to a population of displaced households. Uh, parking. Some people expressed a concern about parking. Fraser uh, assured them that each unit would have a parking space alongside the home. Uh, City Mayor Jack McCullough thinks this is all a great idea. Uh, As to the Good Samaritan Haven Shelter, Rick DeAngelis, the co-executive director of Good Sam, spoke at the city council meeting and said, we are pleased to be leasing this space. It's going to meet our needs really well. It's a clean, well-lighted, attractive space with a small kitchenette for shelter guests to use. DeAngelis expressed, expressed gratitude to the city staff who, in the middle of everything going on with the flood, helped to facilitate the shelter agreement. DeAngelis went on to express support for the FEMA trailers by saying it is going to help greatly for people who lost their homes in the flood. 
This will prevent them from becoming homeless and needing shelter from Good Sam. Also, everything he's heard about this plan gives him comfort in that it's going to be well-managed, and he is really pleased to hear that there's going to be security on site. So, the Elks Club, which began as a proposal by some in the tennis community to have a a recreation facility up there, I guess that's still on the table, Uh, is going to become a home for FEMA trailers and will be uh, will also host the Good Samaritan Haven Winter Homeless Shelter. So that's that. Now, and lastly, uh, at noon today, guess what I'm doing? I'm logging on to a seminar on how to register for Medicare. Yeah, I know. If you're under 60, you don't care about this. Apparently, signing up for Medicare is not as simple as I thought. So I'm joining a webinar at noon today to learn what to do and not to do when you're signing up for Medicare. Medicare Basic, Medicare Part D, Medicare Supplement. I welcome your input on this. We will do a whole show on signing up for Medicare. Suddenly, this is a main feature of my life. And apparently in my family, I am responsible for doing this because I'm the first one in my family to uh, have to do this. So signing up for Medicare, I can't believe I'm the only guy or gal out there that is doing this. So I welcome uh, your calls and emails. Email me at vtviewpoint at radiovermont.com. Give me your advice. Clearly, there's lots of scams out there, but this is a free webinar. Uh, very nice woman is there. It seems like no scam in sight. And uh, we'll just go from there. So at noon today, you know where I'll be watching a Medicare webinar on how to sign up. There we go. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Green Mountain Book Festival, which is coming up uh, this weekend. The, uh, from on September 29th to October 1st in Burlington. You can attend a weekend of literary celebration and community at the Green Mountain Book Festival. And we are joined by the executive director of the festival, Rachel Carter, who's on the line with us now. Rachel, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Okay. Uh, nothing gets us more excited than books on the show, Vermont Viewpoint. Uh, we have a regular uh, monthly feature with our with our book agent and publicist out in Portland, Oregon, who tells us about all the latest books that she's reading and what we should be reading. And here we have, on September 29th, uh, not just a festival loaded with writers, but you've got a surprise celebrity guest headliner. Why don't you start telling us about the headliner? Yeah, of course. So our headliner is Allison Bechdel, and... We are so thrilled to have her. Uh, obviously, she's an illustrator, cartoonist, uh, writer. Um, she's the author of Fun Home that has won, uh, got turned into a Broadway play and went on to win five Tonys. Um, and so we are just so thrilled that we are going to have her at the festival. She's headlining her event on the 29th in the Patchwork House. Um, that is the fundraiser for our, our whole festival and nonprofit. So that event is our fundraiser. Um, she's going to be joined with a brief conversation of, uh, by Lieutenant Governor David Smith. He's going to talk about the 
Um, and then Allison is also doing our band panel the next day um, during our Saturday programming. So we're just so thrilled to have her there. Wow, that's exciting. I mean, I, I, I don't know whether it's the trifecta or the whatever, but uh, Allison, let's see, there's a there's a, 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 a Tony Award, there's a there's all sorts of prizes have, have come her way uh, via her cartooning and her her writing. Uh, that's exciting. It is exciting. You know, and, and just even on a personal note, I grew up, you know, as a writer and, and loving writing and I was just always terrible about the Bechdel test and um, you know, and it had such a huge impact on me. So when I first got to meet Alison at Investigator like I was meeting a celebrity, so I'm just so excited that we're able to bring her here this year. So tell us about uh, the other. Well, actually, let's go to the larger theme, and that is um, one of the themes is, you know, we're we're being hit around the country with this uh, this book banning uh, thing that's going on uh, in in a lot of the conservative states. They're trying to take books out of school libraries. They're banning books, etc. Uh, you're 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 going in the opposite direction in the festival, right? Right. Yeah. So book banning is always something that has been on the board's mind and book festival's mind since the beginning. And so, very purposefully, we we try to hold the festival during the end of the week to kind of raise on these issues. And this year, in particular, we're really um, going to address it very directly. We're having a panel. That's talking about that. Um, and I said, like I said, Allison is going to be on. We also have um, Tekla Magoon and uh, Kate Mesner. They both write for children. Tekla is also on Band's books list. Um, Kate has been just invited uh, from Full Visit for her book content. And then um, Stephen Kiernan is also on that panel, and he's been working on Band's books. So, yeah, we're really, you know, hoping to use the festival to raise awareness for this. Um, and to just show, you know, what freedom of expression can be like. Well, you mentioned Stephen We, He and I worked at the Burlington Free Press together and uh, and got to know each other very well. So he's that's a successful one. And, boy, that is a long list of authors you've got. Uh, let's Why don't we just go through some more of them? I mean, uh, Sarah Audsley, uh, uh, Laurie Burns, Catherine Drake, I mean... You know, you've got a lot of local, and I see Nikhil Goyle is there, who was a policy advisor to Bernie Sanders, uh, who talks a lot about uh, free college and for incarcerated people. Um, what what other highlights can we expect? I see Keisha Rahm Hinsdale is going to be joining you. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, we really just have such a wonderful lineup of authors this year, and I think there's just really something for everybody. I mean, part of our goal of the festival is to make this feel as inclusive as possible and to kind of bring in all different types of readers and writers. So maybe not just someone who's interested in literary, but who loves genre fiction and things like that. So on Saturday, our, all of our programming on Saturday and Sunday is completely free. Uh, and that's going to be held in the Fletcher Free Library. Um, downtown of Burlington has been wonderful to us. Um, and we have uh, our adult programming is on Saturday, and then our kids' content programming is on Sunday. Um, so I guess that's really something for everybody. On Saturday, we have three panels. One is this romance panel. Um, the other is the American Dream Today. Um, so a lot of the names you mentioned are going to be on that panel. Uh, Nicole Goyle, uh, Felicia Cornblue, 
Senator Ron Hinsdale and Brad Kessler are all on that panel. Um, and then on the romance panel, we have Catherine Drake, as you mentioned, uh, who is this amazing romance writer. She writes a lot about um, kind of urban romances and um, has written tons of books. And then we also have Anne Stewart, who's a local romance novelist and has written tons of books. She's been on the New York Times list, um, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, so our goal is really to just kind of, you know, bring in as many different types of readers as possible and to really celebrate some of the talent that we have in the state because we just have these amazing authors around us. So most of the authors who are coming are local. Um, out of the 28 authors that we're featuring on Saturday and Sunday, only eight are from out of state, and that's really mostly in New York and, um, you know, pretty close by still. Um, our Sunday programming was all arranged by Kate Medner, who um, is an amazing author for children. She's written tons of books. She's also a New York Times bestseller. Um, so she has put together our programming for Sunday, and that is just that. So for anyone who loves children's books for kids, um, you know, for people looking for something to do for fun with your family, I think it's just going to be a really amazing day. Uh, Rachel, so most of these events are free, uh, but rarely are things free in life. How do you, uh, you've got sponsors. Tell us about some of your sponsors. Yeah, so we do. We have um, a lot of sponsors. They're wonderful. Our biggest sponsor is uh, Phoenix Books, for sure. So they really, you know, uh, work together from, oh, that's from the very beginning to make this festival happen. Um, and they are also selling books at all of our events. So they will have their mobile bookstore in the library all weekend. So you can pop in, and after you hear one of your favorite authors on a panel, you can go over to the bookstore, buy their book, and then have it signed. So it's really also kind of going to be an in-group weekend where you get to meet authors and, and have their books signed and things like that. Um, our other sponsors are obviously the Fletcher Free Library, who have been wonderful and provide space for the school and the university of our partners to this. Um, Media Factory uh, is recording um, a lot of our content, uh, which will make it I see also uh, my buddy, uh, you're going to have vendors, and I see my buddy Sam Colber from Rootstock Publishing in Montpelier is going to be there, uh, among other vendors. So why don't you tell us sort of what's the, I, if I if I wanted to come up there on Saturday, what's the ideal way for me to kind of uh, go through my day at the Green Mountain Book Festival? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, our schedule is all up on our website, um, so anybody can go there and kind of see, you know, which programming is want to go to, that's Green Mountain Book Bookfestival.org. Um, and yeah, we have uh, some great vendors, as you mentioned, too. This is our first year with vendors, so we're really excited to be able to welcome, you know, vendors and organizations throughout the state who, and, and beyond who are traveling to come to the festival that day. So um, I would recommend, you know, you come into the entrance of the library to the left is the big giant reading room, and that's where our vendors are going to be set up. Um, and then we're also going to have and author findings all in that room. So just a big community vibe, and that's a space that you can kind of walk in and out of all day. Um, we're also hoping to have a food truck each day, so we'll be able to buy some food for people who are there to see and they'll be outside. Um, 
And then as you kind of move through the library upstairs in the Pickering Room and the Fletcher Room are where we're going to be hosting on Saturday most of our panels and our readings. Um, so if you come in and you kind of browse through the main reading room, then you can head upstairs and head to any of these events at any point and pop into ones that seem interesting to you. Uh, the larger band book reading is, or the panel is going to be held downstairs in the children's space to give us more to that one. And then on Saturday, all the programming for kids is going to be that children's space downstairs in the library. So everything's going to be really connected. I think they're easy to find. We're going to have a lot of volunteers, people who are going to help people kind of the space. But yeah, our hope is to just, you know, as people are walking through Burlington and they notice this is going on, they pop in. So we really welcome anybody and have a really excited. And on Friday, uh, you're going to have Allison Bechtel and... Uh, you're going to feature David, uh, Lieutenant Governor David Zuckerman and Vermont writer and artist Francis Cannon, all uh, starting at 6.30 at Contois Auditorium in Burlington City Hall. And that is, as I said, our fundraiser event. So that is our only really uh, paid event all weekend, and it's $25 a ticket. And um, now we're going to kick off. David, uh, Lieutenant Governor Zuckerman, is going to uh, kick off the festival uh, by talking about band books. He's been on a band book tour. This is something that he's really passionate about, so we're really excited to have him there, you know, talking to to more readers across the lot about this too. Um, and then uh, Frances Cannon, who is a local, as you said, illustrator and poet. Um, she was a part of the book festival last year, and she's just wonderful. And so she's going to be introducing Allison for us. It's really nice. Uh, well, Rachel. Uh, best of luck to you. It's going to be a great festival, and we will uh, we'll keep talking about it here on the air. And we'll try to be we'll try to stop in ourselves uh, next weekend, starting Friday night, six thirty, with Allison Bechtel. That's going to be very exciting. And then all day Saturday, uh, what a lineup you've got! So best of luck, and we'll see you in Burlington. Thank you so much. Yeah, and anybody can get tickets for the Allison event. Um, we have it online, or you can you can show up and get it there. Oh, why don't you tell us where they can find you online? Yeah, so like I said, the best way is to go to our website, which is greenmountainbookfestival.org. And from there, you can find our social media, and then that's also just a way that you can contact us. Okay. Rachel Carter, thanks very much. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, Rachel Carter. It's Vermont Viewpoint. You're listening to Kevin Ellis on WDEV. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Ellis. It's Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV, and we're going to continue our record-breaking show of five guests in one show, and uh, most of them are my favorites. So today's kind of a best-of show, and we're going to continue that with our next guest, the one and only Meg Smith from the Vermont Women's Fund. Meg Smith, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin, and thanks for all those nice compliments. <laughs> okay. you. I, I didn't know I was in the best of the best category. Oh, yeah. I yeah. just made that up, but that's I'll take it. Well, before we get to the meat of the matter, I'm, I'm on your website looking at the grants you, you gave out this, week, this yes. year. And yes. the Boys and Girls Clubs of Burlington, uh, Good Samaritan Haven, Green Mountain Camp for Girls. Uh, it you really the the Janet Munt Family Room in Burlington. Jenna's promise. You you really cover at the Vermont Women's Fund a, a broad swath of of organizations that help out women and girls. Why don't you talk to us about that before we get to the meat of the matter? 
Sure. Well, probably our grant making historically has been the meat of the matter. That's why the fund was started in the first place, was to leverage philanthropy and dollars in order for women to support uh, organizations that help women and girls. And it's not just women that support the Women's Fund. Um, Men and women do. We're grateful for all of it. But the grant making, the, the whole point of the grant making was, A, to be statewide because we're a statewide organization. And we give out grants kind of in three different buckets, essential services, workforce development, and systemic change. And what that means, essential services is helping women who are really at the lowest margins, uh, really struggling, transitional housing, getting your GED. There's so many great programs that support those efforts, and we do our best to fund them. Workforce development really is around non-traditional jobs where women can get a job, whether it's in the trades um, or in computer coding, something that gives them an entry point that's at a higher pay level than they would get ordinarily. So you immediately start out in a job at a higher scale, um, pay scale. And then systemic changes, really, we fund programs and initiatives and ideas that try to change the system that's already working against women, I mean, historically. Uh, so that work has has really taken on and manifested itself in some of the initiatives we've run, like Change the Story, and most recently, uh, This Way Up, which is about counting and identifying women business owners, because no one knows in the state how many businesses are owned by men versus women. And that matters because women have historically had such a hard time getting access to capital. So that just knowing what the gender breakdown of our um, business ownership is across the state is helpful. I got it. Okay. Now let's That's move. A lot. I just threw it. Oh, but. well, I, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, we do, we spend a lot of time, uh, on, on these issues on this show. And, uh, yeah. you know, we've, we've had on the Emerge Vermont people, Elaine Haney and others. Um, <clears throat> yeah. and I'm, I'm working on getting Madeline Kunin on because, you know, there's, there's still a lot of work to be done in this area. And, yep. but you tonight are going to have a major fundraiser, which I've attended in the past. Uh, that, uh, you're gonna, the, the way you give out these grants is you come together and raise some money, uh, and you're gonna do that tonight. So tell us about the big celebration, uh, tonight. Sure. Tonight is our annual celebration, and our featured, uh, guest this year is Mika Brzezinski. Mika is the co-host of Morning Joe on MSNBC, and she's the author of three best-selling books, uh, the one which really has launched her own kind of movement is called Knowing Your Value. And from there, the Know Your Value movement has been to empower women to learn to negotiate salaries, to know what they're worth, and to ask for it in in the a business setting. Um, and she most recently ha- went to, uh, she, she took over the Forbes 50 over 50, highlighting women who are over 50 years old and their accomplishments and how much more there, how much more they have to do um, to help make change on behalf of women. 
And, and, you know, I want to say for all your, your listeners, I'm a listener. I love your show and I love WDEB. And I know that um, folks in Vermont may not realize that when you're still making 84 cents to the dollar, women may seem to be empowered, but it isn't showing up on the bottom line. And that's what we're working on. And I think we have many, many good partners in state government and in the private sector to help move that needle. But without someone pointing it out and constantly saying we can do better, um, women do fall behind. So part of our job at the Women's Fund is to do that. And tonight's event is a way to raise money for the Women's Fund so we can continue to distribute grant money. The money that comes in mostly goes right out the door in the form of the grants that, that you just mentioned. Uh, Meg, can we uh, can we stop right there on that statement you just made, which is uh, I think a lot of people don't understand, including me, how the dynamic behind the statement you just made, that if we don't pay attention to this and keep talking about it and keep working on it, that women inevitably fall behind. And I bet there's some listeners out there who are going to say, well, why? What 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 are the dynamics in the system that. Uh, we need to change or pay attention to to make sure that women don't fall behind. Could you talk more about that? Uh, I'm happy to. I can't say I'm a total expert except <laughs> that what I what I have learned um, in the work just because Vermont is a rural state with a rural economy, the opportunities for work are limited. So if you live in one of the hundreds of little towns that have a population under 3,000, of which there are many in Vermont, there just aren't that many places to go work. I mean, so you're starting out, if you grow up in a small town and you want to stay there, where are you going to work? Those options are are relatively limited, and they're often very low-paying jobs, whether it's working at a gas station, a convenience store, or or a grocery store, you're still um, at a lower pay scale than perhaps if you were in an urban area. So with that overlay, like rural versus urban, when you look at what what we've learned about women starting their own businesses, that the majority of women out of 3,000 plus that we've surveyed, they lost a job and started their own business because they didn't have any other options. And I find that pretty astounding when you think about what what that really means. It's that rural economy. So, oh, I don't, you know, I can't get a job anywhere else, but I make, I have, I have a craft and I'm now going to sell it. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to get a business license and I'm going to start selling the, my wares. Um, but how do you learn to do that? You have to have a website. You know, there's just inherent skills that are needed to make that go. And you can only go to so many craft fairs, for example, if you're a crafts person. Right. But um, so it's that starting, you know, how do you start and how do you have the skills to know how to start a business, let alone if you want to work for someone else, but you need the skills in order to learn the business setting that you're working in. So uh, that's kind of one aspect, I think, of answering your question. Yeah. Um, and and the other just is, you know, because pay scales 
uh, the way they've they've worked out over decades and decades. Um, how do you bump up if if you're making 14 cents less to the dollar than your male companion? How do you rectify that? Is every business going to just add 14 cents to everyone's pay? No. It has to be worked out over time. Large corporations now have pay equity um, algorithms that they are employed to help um, resize scaling, I mean, excuse me, resize pay scales. Um, but smaller economies like ours, we don't have that. Right. In fact, that's something that was developed by a group of women um, called the Pay Equity Toolkit that's available free on our website where they actually scaled it for businesses under uh, 400 employees. But those tools are, you got to get them out there and it's, um, and you have to get businesses to use them. We are celebrating the power of women right now with a last call for tickets to tonight's annual celebration. Uh, and the guest host, the guest speaker, I'm sorry, is going to be MSNBC co-host Mika Brzezinski. Meg Smith, I've read her book, um, the, 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 the one, it's, it's not the one, it's, it's her memoir, uh, All Things at mm-hmm. Once. And, you know, I, I, I know we, we have some conservative listeners out there and I, I don't think whether you're liberal or conservative, I think Mika has, some real lessons for everyone, men and women, about uh, those early years when she was struggling uh, as a as a, a sort of lower level TV reporter, making her way in the business, and and okay. growing in her ability to demand her value. Uh, and maybe you could talk a little bit about that because it's a it's a model that takes place all the time. Yeah, I I've. I wish Mika were here to answer that question better or talk about it more than I can. I certainly can't give it uh, the the weight and strength uh, of her own personal experience. But, you know, being in broadcast journalism for women is not only uh, uh, learning a trade and a skill. You also have to look a certain part. You have to be attractive, thin, photogenic. Um, there's a whole host of layers of, of um, demands that, that the industry puts on women more than men. Right. Um, and I think that was very difficult for her. I think it was also difficult for her to get recognition for her work, um, ironically, because she was attractive, photogenic. And, you know, it's this double-edged sword of how can – how can women be taken seriously in in certain fields? Um, and I think she struggled with that uh, for some time. And she was on she was a correspondent on the CBS Evening News for several years. She worked her way up from the smaller markets, the Hartford, Connecticut market, um, and up into the national news. And she was also an anchor, I believe, on the CBS Evening, the Weekend News. Um, and then she got fired. That's right. And she was dev- she was devastated. Right. And um, that was kind of a reckoning for her the, to really look deeply in, at herself and and at the situation and in the industry that she was in to help realize that you know this wasn't about 
her so much as the industry and, and the needs or whatever, you know, the sort of the cause du jour was. Um, but I think her work on really going deep and figuring out, like, I know my value. I know what I'm good at. I should be asking for the right amount of money when I'm for the job that I want to get. And she took that sort of thinking, empowerment thinking, and it actually sparked a whole movement. She began producing um, programs in a couple major cities for women talking about that. They And they had breakout groups. It, there were hundreds. I went to one in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, gosh, it must have been 2016 or something. But, you know, there were 400 women there wanting to hear her speak about this experience and understanding what knowing your value is all about. Um, I think that's something that sadly uh, still needs to be talked about. Well, and another thing that sadly still needs to be talked about is the subject of one of her other books, which is called Obsessed, America's Food Addiction and My Own. Uh, you know, that's a story that we hear over and over again. She struggled with uh, food. And, yep. you know, you're going to hear all about it tonight. So, uh, yeah, she's – she also fascinatingly, uh, you know, she was attacked by Donald Trump. Uh, she fell in love with her, her co-host, Joe, former Congressman <laughs> Joe Scarborough, basically on the air. Uh, you know, she's she's got a lot to talk about. And um, so tonight – uh, the celebration of Vermont women, the annual celebration of the Vermont Women's Fund 2023. It begins at 530. Uh, tell us more about the program. Okay. Well, there's a lot more. Um, I'm really excited that tonight it starts at, there's a reception at 530 to 6. The program starts at 6. We are so fortunate to once again have the superstar, our own Vermont superstar, Jane Lindholm from Vermont Public as our MC. Jane has been our MC for nine years now, and she knows how to ask, like you, Kevin, she knows how to ask really good questions. Um, but we're also going to have Kat Wright, who is a fantastic singer, and she's going to bring some music to the program as well. So it's a great opportunity to hear Kat Wright to meet, see here Jane Lindholm and have her interview Mika. That's all going to be on stage. And um, and also network with about 400 really fantastic women and men who will be in attendance. Tickets are still available. You can go to the Vermont Women's Fund website, vermontwomensfund.org, to buy tickets. Um, and uh, it's... The energy in the room at our events is like nothing I've ever experienced. People are so excited to be there. They understand they're in support. It's in support of women. We have fantastic corporate sponsors who sponsor us every year. And we, and I'm so grateful to them. That's Green Mountain Power and Gravel and Shea are major sponsors, but several, well, many others, and they'll all be there. So it's just a super fun evening and we're going to be announcing a very exciting fundraising effort campaign um, to help women business owners who have been affected by the flood. That's going to be announced, and we'll be talking about that some more um, because, as we know, so many business owners have been really devastated 
as you have reported so effectively, Kevin, um, <clears throat> from Montpelier and Barry and every place else, so many of our businesses are owned, our retail businesses are owned by women, and we want to give them a little extra special lift. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's a scoop, by the way. Okay. Nobody else knows that. <laughs> well, thank you. And <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, Broadcasting from Harry's Hardware Store in Cabot for me was a was a changing mm-hmm. experience uh, because Joanna, the, the the owner of that bar slash speakeasy slash live music venue <laughs> slash hardware store, had to be rescued out of the second floor by a bucket loader uh, during the flood. Wow. And and she's you know she's a lawyer who could be practicing law in lots of different cities in this country, but she chose to commit uh, with her family to the town of Cabot and run that hardware store. And it, uh, she's she's got a fascinating story, and I'll, I'll get her on the show just to have her own program. But uh, you yeah. could maybe you could tell us a little bit about the special way in which you raise this money. I've been... Uh, part of this when you had my old buddy Maureen Dowd uh, as the keynote speaker. Uh, but maybe you could tell us about actually what happens when you're sitting in your seat and there's a big screen up front and it comes time to actually raise the dough. Well, the way we do it, I mean, some of the money is raised through the sale of tickets. So I, I want to be sure to recognize people who spend money on the tickets. I'm very grateful to them for that. But what happens is we use something called text to donate. And for once, it's actually politically correct to pull out your cell phone at an event and be looking at your phone because you are able to use uh, text into uh, a number that takes you to a landing page where you put in your name and the amount of money that you want to donate. And it flashes up on a screen that will be behind me at the stage. Um, and you automatically, and it starts, you know, adding up all the dollars raised. So it's fun. And what people do is you can be anonymous. You can put in your name. You can say, I'm a fan of Mika, however you want to be acknowledged, um, and whatever donation you can make. So we have, that starts pretty much from the beginning and, um, it's just super fun. And when we meet our goal, there's, or I'll say when we exceed our goal, there's just a lot of great energy. People feel so good about seeing us raise okay. that we're going to be raising a hundred thousand dollars tonight. Okay. So, <laughs> well, you're breaking a lot of news here on WDEV. So we're going to raise a hundred thousand uh, dollars for the Vermont women's fund, which then goes out in the form of grants to small business owners and nonprofits, et cetera, yes. involving women in part, in part, uh, in part we're, yeah. The first 50000 will go to our women business owners. 5.30 p.m., welcome reception and networking. So get there at 5.30. Uh, 6 p.m., the Cat Wright Trio. Cat Wright, the young Bonnie Raitt meets Amy Winehouse. 6.15, Mika Brzezinski will speak. Uh, 7.30, more music and networking time. Tickets, $50 general admission, but... You, you, you big spenders, 125 bucks gets you a front row section VIP seating. Exactly. And, um, I don't know if you've heard Cat Wright sing, but she's got a voice that should, cannot be missed. It is really, she's just fantastic. So she'll be singing at the top end at, at the close of the program. 
Um, so that alone is really worth it. And of course, Jane Lindholm is another superstar. So besides Mika, who is our big name, I feel our Vermont, um, Vermont superstars are also in play. Meg Smith. And there's just a lot of great people to meet. So please come. We'd love to have you. Meg Smith, thank you for joining us. We'll see you tonight. Thank you, Kevin. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm Kevin Ellis. It's VT Viewpoint on WDEV. Did you know that Radio Vermont Group Digital Services can create videos including drone footage? We've even won awards for our videos. If you'd like to learn more and see examples of our work, go to rvgdigital.com. Radio Vermont Group, we're more than just radio.